well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Marin, and I used to be a zombie, but I've been brought back to life. And Barry is here with an invitation for us to experience true life. Something to think about. Something to think Something about. Something to think about. But before we get to back, <laughs> Sherry, I'm introing. I'm sorry. But before we get to that, now that he's back from licking the hot sauce and M&M's right out of the palms of his hands, please welcome your very own pastor of provocation, Barry Rodriguez. Hey, wow. Welcome. Well, thank you. That was, welcome. that was great. I don't think I even talked about zombies. I think that was an offhand comment only at one of the services. Well, so. it struck a chord with me. Did it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, it did. I used to be in a punk band called Zombie Youth. Whoa. In my young teenage Zombie days. Youth. So you were speaking to me, directly to me. <laughs> well, good. And Jeremy Leffler is here. That's right. Yeah. First time guest on the pod. I I want to see a video of your previous band, Zombie Youth. I don't know that videos exist, but there are a few pictures. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is amazing. I feel like this should be like the next intro at a core team meeting. <laughs> yeah. And we just... Pulled it up and there's like Marin is speaking, but really yeah. it's just zombie youth. Zombie, zombie youth. youth together for one night only. <laughs> <laughs> Reunion tour. Uh, that how was the best intro I've ever heard of somebody. By the way, what pastor of provocation? Yeah, you just I got, like it. I'll, that was, I'll put that, that on my business, business card. card. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, friends of the pod, Jeremy is our associate pastor of children and students. And we brought him on here, A, because he's great and we wanted to have him join us for the conversation, but B, uh, because you just had a really big weekend and we'll, we'll ask you all about it in a little bit with our youth con 2022. We'll talk about that in a bit, but, yeah, um, but until then, until then, Barry, what's new with you? What's new with me? <laughs> uh, normally, by the way, we start with a lot of just jibber jabber, jibber yeah, jabber. Nonsense. Um, I was thinking about the one thing that I would just say is, is new is not like this week, but just sort of this season is Cleo. Our puppy is, is getting just so delightful these days. She's always been delightful, but she's, she's about one and a half now getting on towards two and apparently you're no longer a puppy. And so it is so sweet. She's like losing some of that puppy energy, but she's just, so she's getting a little more, she's getting a little more cuddly. She's like -like. lady. Yeah. She, she's also (laughs) really smart. And so she's learned some things and rhythms and things that we like and don't like. And she'll, when I raise my voice, which is rare, she knows I'm doing something terrible. I'm going to go back to dad and see if I can make things right. Barry, and it's like, what does that even sound like? What What do you sound like when you raise, <laughs> when you raise your voice? I mean, yeah. Usually Cleo's like, like attacking a small creature, like a small little mole or something. And so I'll just be like, Cleo, Cleo, drop it. Get over here. Whoa. And then, and then Whoa. Cleo's like, Oh, so, but, wow. but she, and like, she's at the point now where she will pick a specific toy and then bring it up to me. Cause I'm the one who plays with her. Liv's the one who like gives her food <laughs> and like <laughs> they, they have, we have a very different relationship. And so she's, I'm her play buddy. And so she'll bring me a toy and be like, dad, I want to play with this right now. And so I will, anyway, we're having a blast and she loves the snow and the, she's a winter dog all all the way. So we're having a good time. That's all I wanted to say. That's my big update. That's your big update. That's it. I just am having, we're just having a great time with Cleo. She's very sweet. Um, the one other thing that's going on that I'm excited about, I'm, I started my message by talking about this, but just in case you missed it, um, I am doing a four week Bible class for Bible skeptics on March 21st. And I'm really, really pumped about it. I can't stop thinking about it. I'm actually taking all day tomorrow to kind of nail down a lot of the content and prepare for it. But it is something I'm very excited about because I'm, I'm a pretty skeptical person and I have a lot of (laughs) questions and concerns and things that have been struggles in my faith when it comes to scripture. And as far as I'm concerned, I, I, I've found a path through the skepticism that has helped me become a huge Bible nerd and someone who's obsessed with scripture and loves the Bible. Um, and so I want to be able to kind of help others think about ways to have a path forward if you're stuck or if you're really struggling to, to come to grips with some of the weird stuff in the Bible or some of the controversial stuff or the things that just don't seem like they match modern science or culture or any of that. I want to, I want to talk about all that. And so anybody's welcome. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it'll be a Bible class. I'm, I'm not trying to, it's not apologetics. I'm not trying to convince you not to doubt. I just want to show whoever's there a a path forward, a way to look at this and way to think about this that can actually help you get unstuck. If that's something that's got you stuck in your faith. So March 21st, you can go to gracechurch.us slash skeptic. 
or skeptics, either one will work. And that will take you to a page that has the info for the class. So you're, anyone's welcome. I think we're going to be doing it all in person. I don't think we're going to be doing it live. So uh, it would be really good to kind of. You mean like live streamed? Live streamed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to be doing it. We're only going to be doing it in person. There's no digital option. I don't Got think it. so. Yeah. I don't think so. All right. um, so yeah, we'll see. It'll be cool. Believe I'm excited. God. Believe God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Goey. This is uh, so good, Barry. I, at one point in your sermon on Sunday, you talked about how you wish you had had these types of topics and conversations when you were in your 20s. Mm-hmm. And I remember just sitting there going, yeah, me too. And I grew up a pastor's kid. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I felt shamed if I thought these questions. Right. Or, and it wasn't even safe in Bible college to talk about it. Sure. And when they did, it's like, am I allowed to say anything? And right. so I just, I think you're going to have a, a really cool, diverse audience for this. And yeah. I really hope people, I, I actually hope, encourage those who are strong in their faith to come and have this conversation sure. too. Sure. To have a better understanding where other people are coming from. Mm, yeah. Because I know that's what I need to hear yeah. is to hear those who are struggling and their feedback. I, I'm, yeah. I'm nerding out about the whole idea. You mentioned it at the core team meeting a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. And after that, somebody who is very strong in their faith told me they wanted to attend that class because they want to know how to talk mm. to the skeptics in their life and yeah. how to, how to better love them. Yeah. And I, I think based on how, how the content is coming together, I think it's going to be valuable stuff for anybody. It'll just deepen your approach to scripture uh, because yeah, it's, we're asking the hard questions and that always, in my opinion, always sharpens you yeah. mm-hmm. when you, when you're willing to go there. And that's one of our values, core values as a church as we go there. So this is it. We're going there. Yeah. And, and uh, I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast before, but grace has always been a, a safe place to ask hard questions. Absolutely. Even, um, my kids in their small group this past Sunday, uh, Tim was there mm. and it was a ask Tim anything. Right. I mean, literally anything. Which we do regularly. Yeah. 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 And I, mean, so, I just did that same thing in Grace Kids this weekend. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Asked me and I had to answer about dinosaurs yeah. and Satan to What third did they graders. ask you about dinosaurs? They wanted to know how humans were created before and after dinosaurs. And mm. so I, I gave them the Genesis account, which shows actually creatures were created before humans. So they didn't have to stress the, that. And third, really graders. third graders, third graders, third, fourth graders. and fifth graders. Wow. And it was actually, From the mouth of babes. It, that, there was a third grade boy who is a brilliant young man. And I decided yeah. that the show should be, you're not smarter than a third grader. Okay. Because, are you, was at one point than, are you I was smarter than this third grader? Yeah. <laughs> I am not. This, this particular third grader, I went to his mom and went, your son is brilliant yeah. and uh, I'm intimidated. <laughs> that is funny. You're but a grown-up boy. You're a grown-up boy. You're a grown-up boy. I hit that one twice. Yeah. So anyway, right. I'm, I'm excited. I'm working on that. I'm, I'm pumped. So uh, what about you? What's going on? Uh, let's see. Oh, you guys, we made it. We've arrived. We, <laughs> I don't know. Is 40 over the hill? Jed turned 40 this weekend. I think 40 is the top of the is hill. Is 40 right? the hill? I think it's the- We're the, all on, we're all somewhere we're on all the hill. We're all pretty close to that. And so I'm hoping that it's just the beginning of the hill. The kids yeah. and I were, were trying to figure that out as we took him out. Yesterday was his actual 40th birthday. And we took him out for sushi for his dinner, for his dinner, for his birthday dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and we were trying to figure out at, at what point on the hill is he and I'm not far behind but he is thankfully a little bit ahead of me but apparently according to google <laughs> I, I googled what age is over the hill and the answer that pops up is 40 no over? oh it's over apparently 40 oh. is the average midpoint in life before that you are a high achieving young person but after your 40th <laughs> birthday you are on the slow irreversible decline <laughs> to boring musty old age wow google how dare you how dare oh, you my word jeez i say google often encourages me but that just put that a damper was on the dark. moment say that one more time the I, slow the what slow irre- irrevocable decline slow, into boring musty old age decline <laughs> I don't believe it for a minute. Wow. Our best days are yet to come. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's new with me. I've got I've got a 40-year-old in the house. <laughs> I feel so grown up. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, did he have we, a good time? Uh, did he have the Phil special? Did Jed Phil? Oh, he had a great weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We we started, I think, on Friday. Um, we went to a, we keep saying a Bulls game. It was a Pacers game, but mm. I mean the Bulls won and it was an awesome game. It wasn't like a, a blowout or anything. Sure. Like they were it's like a close game. Yeah, like who's gonna win? Like, like that was super cool. Um I did. I took the kids' phones away in the fourth quarter uh, uh, because oh. they were just they my kids are not sport kids and yeah. I'm not a sport person, but Jed is like sports 
to his bones. Of course. Through and through, he is a sorry <laughs> So they weren't guy. like cheering at the appropriate moments? They weren't cheering they at cheering all. They were just looking team? at TikTok? I think Because that would be awful, but also amazing. My son was texting his girlfriend. Uh-huh. And okay. I don't know what my daughter was doing, but finally in the fourth quarter, I'm like, look, you guys can give your dad 12 minutes of your life. <laughs> he deserves that from you. Um, over the hill, guys. Come on. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Great. All the choir concerts he went to uh-huh. and the competitions he's yeah, gone to. The for least band, you can do. The very least we could do is pretend to care for 12 whole minutes. Uh-huh. And the so, kids are like, all right, dad, which one is it? The red guy? The guys in the red? Is that <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's the ones? Desi did awesome. She oh, like yeah. started watching the ball and paying yeah. attention. And again, like if you watched that game on Friday, it was yeah, a close was one. So it got it got pretty exciting, even for someone who doesn't care about sports. Sure. But nothing excites my son. Nothing at all. So he just other than his girlfriend, right? Exactly, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and um, there's that like drum line up in the corner. Oh that yeah, play at the Pacers games. Uh-huh. So I have video of my son just like locked Watching in. <laughs> He's locked in on that drum line. And then I asked him what he thought about it, and he was like, "Well, they were tuned pretty low." So <laughs> wow, I was like, I was expecting a response. Like, well, this is how I could do sports, mom. No, no, no he's not no. interested. If so it has no, to do with sports, don't even know how to tune their drums. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So then Jed, you know, kind of had a guy's night on Saturday and then pretty chill. Well, I was busy most of the day Sunday, so he, he chilled, but he got himself a uh, famous Dave's rib tips, which Ooh. I don't like. So that was like a very got Jed it. thing. All right. Good. Yeah. And then yesterday he got two of his fav- favorite meals in one day. So wow. that's, that's one way we've decided 40. to make this. That's what I, was like. I feel like 40 is a good day. It is a good day. Hold on. We've this decided to weekend. make this the year of 40. Yeah. Cause like I would have wanted to throw Jed like a big bash with all of his friends, but like Jed's favorite thing is fire pits in the backyard. Sure. Like you've been to them. Jed loves doing that, mm-hmm. but you can't really do that well in February. Well, we had a snow apocalypse snow this year. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So we're going to have the year of 40. I turned 40 in September. Whoa. It's our 20th wedding anniversary this year. So we're just going to make it like a big year long celebration. Yay! <laughs> there we go. There it is. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Jeremy, how about you? What are you, how are well, you doing? Great. On a personal level, Sarah and I close on our new house hey. in two weeks. We actually requested that the closing date be moved today because it was on the opening day of the show. And <laughs> you thought, you my know wife what? is in the pit or the orchestra oh, and I'm wow. in the show. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. that is, I, I messaged Amy and I went, <laughs> so is there an hour of free time on that day? And she goes, sure, you can do it between like two and three. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're not even moving in for like a week later because yeah, who wants to move in the middle of a show week? Sounds terrible. Yeah, in the middle I'm of like, winter too. Well, yeah. middle of winter too. I'm like, this is not going to happen. So yeah, we close on the house. Uh, oddly enough, we are actually moving out of our apartment this week and moving in with mom for two weeks. So hey. that, you know, living the dream, almost 40, living with mom. It's going to be great. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just how, so, see how long it takes before she starts telling you like, Hey, when are you going to pick up at, or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> right, all the high yeah. school stuff. She's going to save me for a total of like two days with, yeah. you know, tech week happens when I move oh, in. Yeah. And so she'll barely see me, but she'll appreciate her day or two. And then on a ministry side, well, we'll get to youth con in a little bit. It's, this past weekend was by far our largest weekend in Grace Kids. And it's like been a very strong, steady increase yes. since yeah. really more like f- since fall break. But it's encouraging. Just talk to our Little Ones Way, Carrie, our director for Little Ones Way, Carrie, this morning about opening up an additional room now. Yeah. And even have the volunteers to do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's like. I was, we were, we were beaming this morning with the excitement. Of, yeah. I bet. We're in a third grade room and taking them out of the preschool room. Like, yes. Yeah. Amy yeah. comes into our pastor's meeting every week and it seems like every week she says we had more kids in Grace yep. Kids this week. And then the following week we had even more kids in yeah, Grace Kids this week. That has been, it's been a continual trend and just. That's amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> like, wow. So we're, that's, that's the ministry update. We're super pumped about that's that awesome. and seeing all the this continual growth and energy from our babies and preschoolers. Yes. It's a, it went from a dark hallway to a super energetic hallway. Yeah. Well, I I remember, I mean, even when we first reopened in the middle of COVID stuff, I mean, it was like, two kids, three kids and our volunteers weren't there. And so it was like, I had a pastor come up and ask me if the hallway was closed. And I went, no, why? Like, Oh, there's like nobody down the hallway. Mm. Yeah. So now having to open up, yeah, exercise yeah. se- is our second time having to open up in another room. Which yeah. We, we originally opened up a second, our two year old room, and now we're opening up a third year, a three year old room. And so hey, we're trying it on awesome. Sunday. Slow Super and steady excited. Progress. That's awesome. 
Yeah. That's yeah. great. And our volunteers, it sounds like we're, we're growing our volunteer yes. team as well. Yeah. Yep. We had three new volunteers come through um, and actually through our engagement process, which is also exciting yeah. to see some of that really starting to take place. And we had three brand new ones this weekend and yeah. little ones way and two upstairs in our elementary hallway. So awesome. Yeah. yeah there we go. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. I love these sound effects. Well, <laughs> this is Marin, is Marin is taking full control. <laughs> she's a trigger happy today. She's the button yeah, person yeah. over here. So tell us about YouthCon because your team, your whole student ministries team has been walking around very bedraggled. I use that word. I season it in, in the podcast. That is regularly. a wonderful they're, word. They're walking around pretty bedraggled because you guys spend the entire weekend uh, hosting this, you call yes. it a youth conference. A youth conference. Um, yeah. <laughs> youth con. Youth for con for simple because you know, yeah. Social media, we like less characters. So uh, what was it? What yeah. Was so it? It, in lieu of doing a typical winter retreat, which we would have had, and because of the retreat center, we were not actually able to have it last minute. So with four weeks, of planning. We flipped it and they, made it local. They something they canceled or something fell apart they, or something. Yeah. We, yeah. We couldn't use most of their facilities in the end. Gotcha. Oddly okay. enough, it's mm. odd story. And I don't know most answers, but nonetheless, God opened the opportunity yeah. for us to pivot. When and did you first start planning the retreat, the, the retreat as it was supposed to have uh, been? Yeah. November. First week of November. Right. So you yeah. start planning this thing in November and yeah. then all you, of a sudden. Most of the bones were completed. Yeah. And registration was supposed to go live mm. the day I got the phone call. Wow, man. For the retreat. So it was like, hey, so can you change that? I'm running around. And it was on Monday and I was the only one in the building. So I'm like running around to like facilities and production saying, will yeah. you let me do this? Yeah. Like I need, I have a lot of people to say yes. They have to say yes to me before yeah. I could even yeah. dream of a pivot. And this weekend was incredible. Yeah. Far greater <laughs> than anything I think we anticipated. I have several stories that came out of it. One is of a... Uh, a young, a sixth grade boy who just has not connected well in Fuse mm. and hasn't connected well with his small group. And it was receiving a, an email from his mom. I'm making him come yeah. whether he wants to or not. He's, yeah. it's, we're going to try it. We're going to see what happens. It's local. It's, at least he knows the building, you know. Yeah. And he'll if, go home at night. Yeah. And, he'll yeah. go home at night. And if he absolutely hates it, I'm 10 minutes from him versus sure. two and a half hours. Sure. Um, and so, well, Danny, our middle school pastor was talking with the mom yesterday mm. and she reported that he came home loving it every day and said that he wants to invite two friends to fuse next week. Whoa. So like that Amazing. incredible transition. If there's a dream, that's what you want as yeah. a result. Yeah. And then to have two of our junior small groups corner me on Sunday after our 11 o'clock service saying, mm. can this be a staple? We do one retreat, one youth con. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, okay, do we make a tradition on accident? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. we're, we're so worried into, about yeah. it being a letdown. Like, right. oh, we don't get to go oh, away the for the night. I was so insecure on the announcement day. Uh, going, You're all going to hate me, but <laughs> I don't have a choice but to do this. Yeah. Yes, totally. Think but it, it ended like, up being the best thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, when one benefit was that it was going to be significantly cheaper per person. So sure. we yeah. could make it and use our budget to make friends free. And going into Sunday morning, my whole goal was that we're going to make this a full weekend, mm. but we're not really doing anything on Sunday. My whole goal is to get as many students to come to our normal yeah. adult worship service, Yeah, which for parents who are merged parents, um, I love it when your students come to big church. I love it when and your students come to big church. I don't church. like yeah, it when I they don't it come to big church. <laughs> so it was a, a way to say, Hey, this is, this is, the pinnacle of success is actually Sunday morning mm. and getting families to be together, which quite frankly, frankly, I think is our weakest point with merged students currently. Mm. And so we did that intentionally. We spent a decent amount of money to do breakfast to lure them in. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a real brunch place. We did wild eggs. It was nice. phenomenal. So you nice. did breakfast between at services or oh, at, oh, the actually, no, service. at the 915 and we played games and then had all the students come to the 11 o'clock service. And together. So if you weren't there friends, you missed a wild, like there was an entire section of the like auditorium. Half of the just, bowl. Yeah. Of yeah. Auditorium. With students. And during worship, what they did, what they always do, they rushed to the front of the stage and <laughs> we're all just piled up there. It was 200 awesome. students? About? about about 200 students. I paid for 170 students plus adults for food and we ran out. Okay. Wow. So I don't have a, an account for Sunday morning. It was 202 total students who came to the event total. Wow. I can't tell you. Sunday morning because it was overwhelmingly beautiful. Well, and, yeah. and they showed up a half hour early. Well, they see they were at breakfast. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be so hard to get them away from Gaga Ball. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Nine so you Square started and stuff. the transition. And service 915 was service was over and they just flooded they the auditorium. Did. Yeah. I'm like, 
we don't even have to reserve a section. It was I was stressing about it. It was so great. The energy, their passion to be there, the amount of students that we didn't know before the event that actually came back on Sunday morning knowing entirely what we were doing. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. So it was just, it's so encouraging. I, I loved seeing the energy from the adults and just the, the, the vibe out in the lobby afterwards. Yeah. Like this is what the church should look like. That's right. Intergenerational stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, I could talk about the youth con itself, but the fact that it ended in a dream and it actually took place. Yeah. It's like, oh man, yeah. how do we have a student section on Sunday more often? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want to take my students away from Grace Kids, but student <laughs> section, oh boy, that was so much fun. That's and right. Because this student section was made up of Merge Kids and Fuse Kids. Yes, That's it was right. Fuse and Merge. So right. for those of you who don't know what that means, that means middle school and high school. And so it was all of our students. Typically Fuse happens on Sunday morning, of course, but so they were all together. They were all together for the big sessions and the worship and all that and the teaching, but then they'd split up and do different activities. They were mostly separate other than the worship sessions. There was, I mean, at one point, Quentin, our director of high school ministry and Danny, our middle school director, both joked, we haven't seen each other yet this weekend. (laughs) Although they hosted the entire thing together on stage. Yeah. They really did not cross paths that much. Different, different events, different programming. Different different programming intentionally for age appropriateness and stuff, you know, but other than that, they were, yeah, they were entirely separate. It was, it is definitely going to become a staple, yeah, I think. And I love it. it's doing something in our own building that leads back to the most important thing yeah. of our strategy to reach people for Christ yeah. as a big church is on an unintentional win that we sit there and go, why was this not a normal thought mm. process before? So yeah, praise be to God for that. And a good number of middle school students specifically um, asking Danny and their small group leaders when the next baptism is. So I'm mm. excited for March 20th. Yeah. I think is our next baptisms. I think so. Sometime in March. Yep. And so, if, you know, if there's a, an additional win, yeah. ask them, then want to take their next step on their own and their faith. Mm. Let's yeah. go. Oh yeah. yeah. Let's go. Honestly. It was incredible. So the energy as a church, the energy and student ministries moving forward, you know, thinking we were going to have to postpone because of snow going, oh, I don't want to do this after spring break. Mm. And here we go. We're excited to see what God does with it. it, I mean, and it's a bummer that this happened, but it sounds like a lot of other like churches that were planning retreats and stuff had to cancel because of the snow. So their entire retreats were canceled and we ended up having our full experience. And yep. and we gained about 30 students the day of oh, who wow. are normal merge students or few students whose things got canceled. So huh. sporting Other, events specifically. Oh yeah. Um, and there was a show choir concert that was canceled. And so there was a good number of students who were able to come because it was local. Wow. Something that never would have happened if it were, so you know, you just see the hand of God. God of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It's like he knew what he was doing and we were frustrated along the way at him, but Hey, yeah. praise God. <laughs> I was telling somebody yesterday um, about how, our care center had just expanded to be able to reach twice as many people right before the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Yep. God had positioned we, us. We were learning the ropes, but right. Like yeah. weeks before, literally weeks right. before. And that's what this feels like to me yeah. that we had had to pivot. And there was a couple weeks of like running around like a chicken with your head cut off, trying to just make things happen. But God had positioned us to receive an influx of students mm-hmm. that would not have even been able to go on the, the retreat as it was yeah. initially planned. God had positioned us. It retreats our invite culture. And we had over 70 students. I don't remember the exact number. I could look it up, but it was over 70 students we had never seen before. Wow. Yeah. And so at least since I've been here and I'm like, yeah, we would never have gotten that. It was, sure. it's not an invite thing. It's not yeah. an evangelistic thing. A retreat. It's, you know, Barry, you preached at them. They're deep. Yeah. And that's right. The small group time is very deep. This one, we allowed small group time, of course, for bonding, but it was more bonding and just showing a little bit what our normal is. And it wasn't about how spiritually deep we went. I mean, it was, but not in the same way a retreat is. Uh-huh. And it was just to hear a, a, a junior lady come up to me and say, Jeremy, can this be normal? I can invite my friends to this. Can we do it in the fall this year? Mm-hmm. So that in the winter, when we're ready to go deep as a small group, they're already like assimilating into my small group. Mm-hmm. And I was like, genius. Wow, girl. <laughs> Thanks for telling me what I should do because you're absolutely right. And hadn't thought about it yet. That's yeah. awesome. Like we're talking 15 minutes after worship service and they're running telling me we, we got to do this again. So yeah. Praise God. Wow. Yeah. And thanks parents for making it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And what's, what's with the hot sauce? Uh, so I, <laughs> he, he, the middle school ministry yeah. had me do a hot ones challenge. Are you familiar with that? It's oh, like yeah. an internet thing. You, you eat spicy wings, 
hotter and hotter. I did but mozzarella do sticks. Wings. I did mozzarella sticks. So <laughs> you do hotter and hotter sauces as you go and you have to try to do like a normal interview while it's happening. And so we did that. We had to film it twice because there was some sort it was of- kind of hysterical because the first time wasn't as bad. And the second the time- The second time was way worse. You added I, your like fresh peppers or something like that, right? Oh yeah, I had my, yeah, those were, I had my uh, banana peppers, my hot banana peppers that I had grown. They, they weep. <laughs> they actually went and got water hose and was just- spraying yeah. their mouth out the second time because like, it was so I, bad. Because the first time I did it, I was like, okay, we did it. We were kind of very, very cautious with how much we put on there. Second time I was like, that was no problem. So I went way overboard on the hot sauce. And <laughs> and so I was literally like retching in the parking lot when yeah, I got to work. About four that. hours yeah. later, Aaron and Barry are in the parking lot bent over yeah. at their own respective cars. And <laughs> I'm just dying going. I was on a phone call. I yeah. was trying to do like a, I was like, I have to call you back. It was so bad. So anyway, that hot sauce thing, I guess, became now like become a, a thing. thing. And so they were doing a challenge Ugh. where the kids had to eat M&Ms with ketchup. And then they had me Which come is up. disgusting on the Yeah. And then they had me do M&Ms with hot sauce. Don't and act like you're a big shot. Well, I'm not a big shot. And <laughs> Here's neither, my question. neither is my gut. So. I had... I, I bought the supplies, but I have no idea. Did she give you, did Danny give you any prep at all? She did. You, she mentioned that that was going to be happening. And she was like, you talking? don't have to do that. It Are was, we talking Cholula? Are yeah, we talking like Louisiana? It was, well, well no, Jeremy it bought the it hot wasn't sauce that hot. and he doesn't know anything about hot sauce. <laughs> it was, it was what was on the Walmart shelf. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so no, it was this Cholula. was, it was not, <laughs> whatever it's the wooden cap one. It was it. not a difficult <laughs> sauce to eat. It was gross. Like it was sour and weird with M&Ms, but it was. I'm thinking next year we go wasabi. How about, yeah, that would work. Or Da Bomb. What was, what was the hot sauce that we had last time? Was that the Da Bomb? Is that bomb, what it was? The one that makes, that tastes like batteries? Yes. Yeah. I, I had, I, I had to try it when they were weeping because I thought they were weak. Yeah. Um, turns out that they were much stronger than me. And I put like maybe a freckle <gasps> amount yeah. a fre- on my finger. A freckle. a freckle of Da Bomb. I don't even know if that's a thing, but that's what we're it's going with. one of with. my favorite bands actually. <laughs> and I licked it and I was in tears. I'm like, this is, you guys just doused a yeah, we mozzarella stick with that. I don't know how you're alive right now, but it's now become a thing. And okay. the students um, love to see tortured face Pastor Barry for yeah, some reason. Apparently. That's a joy. However, the entire 11 o'clock um, congregation erupted when they saw your picture. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, they thought it was the greatest thing and they had no idea why what was your going facial on. expression yeah. was of pure terror, but yeah. it was great. Hey, anything for the kids. If it's going to, if it's going <laughs> to hey, help the kids, I'll, I'll just keep you, on. You talk about, you know, your, the Bible class and stuff. Yeah, they yeah. will listen greater because your willingness to hey, do that. It's so. not about me. It's not about there me. It's not about me. Yeah. All right. One more thing I have to say about this weekend before we move on to the message. This was a student led yeah. worship service. Oh yes, that's right. Another and detail. When I, I, I just kind of want to go into detail about that because it, it means every element was led by students. Uh, Kyle M. Jimbroik chose every person in the band. Oh, sweet. so he scheduled that. that I didn't band. even know that. It's like, that's wow. great. And then he chose the the worship set. I put them in a certain order, but he gave me a list of songs that would work really oh, well for awesome. these students. Not to mention their Thursday night rehearsal was canceled right. because of Snowmageddon. Yep. <laughs> so they showed up Sunday morning. Zero rehearsal. No. And were that amazing. Wow. They really were incredible. And that's, and that's a normal rhythm for merch, thankfully. Right. So uh-huh. it at least follows their normal pattern. But it was it, production staff, our, all of our volunteers, except yeah. for audio, mm-hmm. was, were students. Yeah. All yeah. our cameras, CG, all of it. It, yeah. was, it was really, really excellent. It was great. And it was some of the best I've heard students do ever in, in big church. It was awesome. It was, so. it, it was, and that was one of my first conversations was coming to you and going, Hey, I yeah. really want to make Sunday the thing. Would you be willing to like pivot and do like a student, a student led band? Yeah. You like looked at me and he's like, let's go for it. You were my first yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> for what it's worth. My first yes was married. I'm like, okay, now go to Ryan and say, you're already supporting me. Do you mind staying local? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, thank you. Was, you. You got the, the ball rolling. For what us. a weekend. It was what really, a weekend. Really awesome. Yeah. So yeah. What a weekend. Barry, hey. you gave the message this weekend. We're in I the did. first the first week of our brand new series all about the Gospel of John. Um, Gospel of John. I guess my first question before you give us kind of a rundown. Sure. You mentioned that we're going to be in this book for 12 weeks. That's right. Yeah. Why spend 12 weeks focusing on the Gospel of John? What led you to that decision? Why not Mark or, or Luke yeah. or Matthew? Uh, so two things. One, we have been doing a, a good number of sort of topical message series for the last few months, which is fine. And I don't, I like topical when it's, you know, when it's done well, uh, but there is something I particularly enjoy about 
getting deep into one particular book or one particular section of scripture because it helps you to really round out sort of the, your, your deeper understanding of what that book is all about. So like at 12 weeks is still frankly pretty short for the gospel of John. We could probably spend 30 weeks in it and maybe then we'd have covered all the main points. But after these 12 weeks, I guarantee once you, if you, if you're going through all of this with us, when you go back to the gospel of John on your own, you're going to have some bookmarks in your mind or some concepts or some images that will be sticking with you from this series that will be relevant for any particular part, even stuff that we don't talk about directly. So that's, that's kind of the one thing I really want to get deep in it. And then John versus other books. I don't, I, I could look back and find out, but we haven't done, we haven't gone deep into the gospel of John with the exception of individual, like maybe one message in a topical series, we'll look at a John passage, but we haven't like actually really chewed mm-hmm. chewed on the gospel of John for a, a long time. And I felt like it's so different than the other gospels, which we have touched mm-hmm. on a lot more. Maybe it's time to just kind of look at what John has to say. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you gave us kind of the, uh, the, the, thousand foot view of, yeah. of what this book is going to bring us. What was your big idea of this message? Well, so I, I used John's intro of to his gospel as sort of the setup for the whole series. Cause he kind of does the same thing. He, he kind of takes a thousand, 10,000 foot view by essentially laying out his, his big idea. And, and the way I talk about John is his gospel is very provocative. I mean, they're all provocative because Jesus is provocative, but, but John in particular is he's, He's got no room for being wishy-washy. You're either in or you're out with Jesus. You're either, it's like light or dark life and death. Like it's all these dichotomies. It's very stark. And, and so he really, uh, he really wants his readers to ans- answer the question, do I believe like, am I in or am I out? Um, and so the beginning of John is a great example of that. And, uh, what it boils down to is he essentially says, look, uh, Jesus Christ is the word of God. Like he is the, the means by which the universe was created. He is God himself walking among us. Do you believe it? Like that's essentially how he sets up his gospel. And he, he creates this tension early on by saying, uh, you know, the light came into the world, but the world didn't recognize it. The world loved the darkness instead of the light. And so he, he sets up this, this tension and, uh, puts it in front of everybody who's reading it saying, all right, we're going to go there are you in? This is, this is not, uh, I kept saying like, he's not some prophet. He's not just some teacher. Mm-hmm. He's God himself. Believe God. <laughs> Do you believe it is the question. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's kind of where we went in the message and, and, uh, we could get into the specific sections, but that's, that's basically what, I, what I said. And, and I'm suggesting that the entire book is like that. It, it's a, every miracle that he talks about, every teaching that Jesus has, it is there so that we can believe and find life. Uh, that's what John wants us to experience, not yeah. just a theological concept, but life, actual life that, that, uh, transforms us. So, so talk about the very beginning. You, you said that John opens this gospel the same way that, that Genesis begins yeah. in, in the beginning. That's the Greek in the beginning. That's right. Those yeah. are the first three words of the, of the, of the old Testament. And he starts there too. And I, I, I've read this countless times in my sure. life, but it does get kind of like, it makes me dizzy. This passage, yeah, this yeah. passage is a little disorienting. Yeah. In the beginning was the word and the word already existed and the word was with God and the word was God. And I'm looking right. at this like sea of young people at the 11 <laughs> o'clock service. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just wondering like, if their brains here? are like as lost as my brain gets when, yeah. when I look at this. Yeah. But how, you broke this down in a, in a pretty simple way. Hmm. Um, talking about what the word means logos. Now, again, I mentioned this, that there are plenty of different takes on exactly what the word means. Some people go to like Greco Roman culture and they had a certain concept for the word, the the logos as like the sort of the, the, the wisdom principles of our universe. And then you look at the old Testament and you see all these references to the word of God being sort of God's like the 10 commandments are actually the the 10 words. Like these are the, they're they're looked at as the Mm. word, the word of God is his intention. And so I, I tend to look at it a little bit more on the Hebrew Bible side of things than the Greek culture side of things personally. Mm -hmm. But either way, I believe what John is trying to say is that the word is uh, it's God's intentions coming to reality. It's when God speaks, things happen. 
And so it's his word that, that brings his desires or his will into the world. So I have a question. You've talked before about, you know, when we see images of the ocean and that could symbolize chaos and it kind of helps us to, to recognize as we're at different places in the Bible, when we, when we see this imagery, here's what it could mean. When we see the the word or the Mm -hmm. word logos, does it, should it take us back to Jesus being the word? I was reading in Hebrews today uh, for the word of God Mm -hmm. is alive and powerful sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Yes. And I always took that as the Bible. The Bible is pretty sharp. Right. And it'll cut you. <laughs> right. But is this, <laughs> should I be thinking the word of God is alive and powerful? Jesus, the word, the embodiment of, you know, all things, God's will, God's intentions, God's purposes. Jesus is alive and powerful. It yeah. is the word logos. Is it, is it, is it the same? Is it interchangeable? I, well, I, yeah, it, Yes. And no, like, yes. <laughs> like it's almost, I almost would want to flip it around and say, when we look at Jesus as John, I think John is wanting us to do this. When we look at Jesus Christ, what we're seeing is something way bigger than just a guy. We're seeing God's intentions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when it's, when we talk about the word is sharper than any two edged sword, it's God's, God's desires made real. Like when he speaks and things happen, that is, that is sharper than any double-edged sword. It w- there, nothing can stand in the way of God's desires and will being made tangible in our world. And all John is saying is absolutely. And that will personified is Christ. And he was among us and I saw him with my own two eyes. So yeah, it, it gets, it, it does make your head swim. Yeah. Cause again, I mean, and this is interesting too, cause when you look at the history of the development of, of Trinitarian thought, the idea of like, Christ and, or the, the father, the son and the Holy spirit, like, and how those all exist, that, that didn't happen Im- immediately. Mm. Like it was not, it's not baked in you. They, the early church had to really try to wrestle through this and figure this mm-hmm. out. And there was tons of debates and disagreements and councils. And so it, we should, I think it's okay to give ourselves permission to not be like, Oh, I totally understand this because <laughs> they didn't, they had to work through this as well. And yeah. I think what John offers though, compared to the other three gospels, they all talk about the the deity of Christ and, and hit in, in their own way. They talk about how Christ is, how Jesus was Yahweh in the flesh, the God of the old Testament. But John really emphasizes the divinity of Christ first uh, while then bringing in the humanity versus the other gospels, which tend they talk about him being born as a, as a baby and walking like his humanity. And then they're revealing his divinity. That's, that's kind of my take. So. And you kind of skipped to the end at the very beginning of your message. I think you referenced the, one of the last verses in the book of John. Yes. Again, reminding that? us that all of this was purposed so that so we that would believe, would believe. Yeah. and have life. That's right. That's why he wrote it. And I'm totally forgetting where that is. Well, and you said that he, there's a main conflict in this book mm-hmm. and that he set it up right there with the first couple of verses That's right. in, verse, in verse chapter 10. one. Yeah. He came into the very world he created, right. but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. So that's the problem. That's the problem. That's the big tension. And the question for us is, do we recognize the light? Yeah. That's what I wanted us to think about. Do we recognize the light? Because again, we we talk about this a lot that the religious leaders of Israel were the ones who, if anybody should have known the life, anybody should have understood God's intentions in the world. It was them. They are the ones studying the Hebrew scriptures. They saw the word in front of them. They rejected it. So they didn't recognize the light. Or I gave those other examples, the people who, who, you know, Jesus talked about sin and and redemption and all that stuff, but he did it in terms of grace and forgiveness and not in terms of judgment and and condemnation. And and that was confusing and difficult for people. And people came looking for a savior who was going to be riding in on a big stallion, a big king, like a warrior. And instead he comes and he serves and he washes his disciples feet. And so they don't recognize him because even though it is, he is the character of God personified. He is God that's not what they were expecting. That's not they were, what they were looking for. So, so I'm looking forward as we spend the next, what did you say? 12 weeks, 12 in, weeks. in this book. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, you're watching a show and it says on the next episode, mm. like I'm looking forward to seeing these dichotomies yeah. in, in and throughout. I want to recognize them as we're going through the mm-hmm. book of John. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing the choice to accept 
or reject yeah. as played out in the different scenes that, yeah. that John captures these different images um, that, that he presents to us. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, uh, Jeremy, you mentioned in, while you were hosting that this is your favorite book of the Bible. It, it is my favorite book of the Bible. Can it's, you say why? Can you tell us why? Some of it is one. I love his, you mentioned the, the difference between the synoptic gospels and then the gospel of John. Yeah. What I love about the gospel of John is that kind of what you've been summarizing already is it forces a, specifically a new Christian. I, I, I actually, I, when I was in Bible college, I would say, encourage somebody to read Matthew. Mm. Because it gave, if you if you're a science mind, that's helpful sure. because it gives it opens up the genealogy and it kind of proves the existence of Jesus for thousands of years and why the lineage makes sense. So if that's how your brain works. Yeah. Matthew's a wonderful beginning, but most people's concerns with Jesus is the divinity side. Mm. It's like okay, not people don't struggle with the existence of a person living at some point in human history. Right. I've, that's not usually the argument I hear from somebody who's struggling with faith, but they struggle with the divinity side of Jesus. And for somebody who like struggles on why Jesus would love them. Mm-hmm. Well, he opens up with this tension and immediately the answer is John chapter one, verse 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. But if you believe in him, mm-hmm. he immediately answers the tension by saying, and I hope I'm not still in a future sermon from you, but he mentions that you believe in me and I will continue to be my child. You'll be a that's child right. of God. And that's endearing. That's like, it just changes the whole picture of how somebody sees the impossibleness of Jesus' divinity. Mm-hmm. Because that, what it seems to be so separate from us yeah. is truly Yahweh with us to the point that with us means that I am with him mm. and in relationship. And so I love the book of John and his whole approach because he starts off with that tension and then leads into the answer and then says, okay, now let's look at all the ways in which this has been true mm. and all the ways in which Jesus had a battle with religious leaders to mm-hmm. highlight and teach this fact. Yeah. yeah. So the word became human and made his home among us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is divinity and he came to be with us. And that means I am with him. I have always heard throughout my, my life as a Christian, you know, somebody gets saved, somebody's a, a brand new believer. They direct them to this book. Hmm. Would you yeah. do that? Would you direct them to this book? Why have I, why is that a thing? Have you heard that before? I have. I, I, mine was almost always Matthew. It was, I was always told I've always done John, but again, because I'm trying to help somebody see the divinity of Jesus mm-hmm. yeah. versus the humanity of Jesus. Cause again, that's a genealogy thing. And that's a little bit easier to see in history from Roman history too. Cause it's, it's in there. Um, if you want to look at Roman literature, but yeah. yeah. So that's, that's why I've always said John, because I love his approach to the divinity is very, I mean, he, you hammered in a beautiful way, the, the tension there that the divinity of Christ is the center and mm. the beginning. And that's what I love about it. And it also connects so beautifully back to the Old Testament. And right. And that's because that could be confusing. Right. Let's well, there's, there's a couple of different ways right here in chapter one that it, it connects directly back to the Old Testament, talking about Moses or even again, like we already said, the, the first three words of this book, bringing us all the way back to Genesis or talking about Barry, you talked about, uh, uh, what is it? Skenao. Yeah. The tabernacle, the, tabernacle, yep. the dwelling and, yeah. and the glory and the light. Yeah. And with the original readers of this text, would they have made those connections immediately? hundred percent. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm positive that they would have, um, especially I mean, even a few verses later, he says, he says the law was given through Moses and there's Moses. He just was talking about the tabernacle mm-hmm. and all of that. I'm, I'm very positive, at least if they were familiar with the old Testament, because this is how the old, I mean, this is Jewish meditation literature. This is how it works. You use images and concepts. Mm-hmm. The Bible Project podcast right now is using is going through different like images and themes in different like movements of of the Old Testament of Genesis, and they're talking about the the incredibly numerous layers of meaning behind the word tree and, mm-hmm. and how it's used even in just like one little story and how it it's meant to make you think, make you think about Eden. And then you think about that person's action in relation to the serpent. And it's like, Whoa, you know, you don't see it. Cause it's just, all it says is that he sat under a tree, but that that's how they thought. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's how the new Testament authors thought as well. So for John to do that, to say that he made his home among us, we, we saw his glory. Everyone's like, Oh, I know the story of them seeing God's glory. Mm-hmm. Moses' face was so shiny. Nobody could look at him because they, because he saw God's glory. So I, I'm, yeah. That's and he how made I his home among us in the tabernacle. That's right. Yeah. I feel like the, the imagery here 
in, in this chapter is largely that of light. Yes. Light. Yeah. And one, life. one of the commentaries I read actually made a really big point saying a lot of the time people will say that the word is, is the primary image that John uses to describe Christ. But, but he, this commentary said, no, actually I disagree. It's, it's the light mm. because that's the wor- word that comes back again and again throughout the gospel is light. It's the answer to the tension. Yeah. Yes. The word itself is it. It's the light that is yeah. the product of what was produced by the word. Yeah. It's it, that was an interesting question, Mary, because it what's making me think of is it's as a communicator, as a preacher, we work really hard to not assume that our audience knows what we're talking about. Mm. Yeah. And it's almost like you were asking that question. Did John and the authors of the new Testament assume their readers, specifically the gospels, did they assume that their readers knew the connections? Cause it's not made super clear. We know it because we have it all in one gigantic collection. Right. Now we are taught to cross-reference everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's an interesting question. How the reader's, attitude behind the words and yeah. were they so quickly this was John assuming that his audience knew we would never yeah. do that today not in a million years yeah, right right <laughs> that would be unwise actually right. Right. right well and then another I think it was Tim who who had said once of this book that it was likely one of the last gospels written or mm-hmm. or it was yeah. the last gospel well, it written. certainly was influenced some, by the others and I mean even just looking at how he talks about John the Baptist it's clear that there was some kind of misunderstanding about John the Baptist and he was trying to clear he, it up. He needs yeah. to clear it up and make sure everyone understands. Look, John the Baptist was not the light. Uh-huh. He was just talking about the light. And so he like goes out of his way to talk about that. So I'm sure this came later as, as people were starting to kind of develop their narratives and understandings of what happened. Yeah. Right. And there are some stories that appear in this gospel that don't appear in the That's other right. gospels. And it's as if John had had access to those other gospels and say, oh, well, they forgot to say this. I, d- right. I mm-hmm. want to make sure, sure that this gets recorded for all time. Sure. Right. Um, yeah. So you asked the question about, a new believer, which one would I have them read? Mm-hmm. I've thought now, now that you've asked that, I haven't thought about that till just now, but um, I suppose John, I would have someone read if they want to understand what it means to believe. What is it like? What, what's the dynamic of belief in Christ mm-hmm. and it like life and light and trust. And uh, like, who, who is this, this savior that we are believing in? If I were to invite someone to, to talk about uh, what does it mean to follow I would, I would point them to Matthew because Matthew, you get the Sermon on the Mount. You get all these great teachings, these, these parables, the ethical concepts of the kingdom of God. And that is, it gets into more of like, whoa, this is life within his kingdom. Practical. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, it's practical, but it's also, it's more like foundational ideas of what it even means, what a follower of Christ looks like is one who, as Jesus would say, like loves his enemies, all that stuff. Luke and Acts kind of go together. So if you're more interested in the history and you want to know like what, what came about because of all this stuff that happened, I might suggest Luke and Acts as something to read. So I guess it all just kind of, it all kind of depends on who hmm. the person is and what, where they, what they need. I would suggest read all of them, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah. So yeah. Anyway. So back to that, that central concept of light, you hmm. asked a question of all of us. You asked, have you asked us to ask ourselves really, yeah. have I experienced the light of Christ? Yeah. And then you rattled off a list and each one of these, I think could be a sermon of its own sure. or, or a <laughs> deeper, more, yeah. A moment of reflection has the light of Christ shown into your darkness. And right about the time that I was saying, Yep, it sure ha- has the healing presence of Jesus. <laughs> so you're saying I talk too fast. No, it- <laughs> I'm saying yeah. I needed to go back yeah. and jot these all down. Yeah. Has the light of Christ shone into your darkness? Has the healing presence of Jesus entered the deep caverns of your heart? Has he brought life to places that were once dead? Has the mercy and grace of Christ illuminated the places inside of you that were or are places of secret shame? Do you trust who he says you are, or are you still living into who you think you are? Mm. Does the Mm. light of Jesus not just shine in you? This is for some of us seasoned saints, but does it shine through you? When you, when people look at you, do they see Christ? Is he leaking out of you? Has your life been transformed by the source of all life, by the word of God? And then you gave us examples of what that looked like in your personal yeah. My own, Personal my own life. story. Yeah. I mean that I wanted to try to, the, the concept of light of the light of Christ can just be so 
esoteric and weird and theological. I wanted to try to give a, give some concepts of what I might mean. Yeah. And so like to use the shame one, for example, like I, I, I picture kind of in, in all of our own hearts, like we hold, there's some parts of us that we hold back. We don't want people to see them. We are, it, it, it'd be like, we would feel naked and afraid if they were out in the open. So we hold them back and we even hold them back from ourselves and from God. These are the, the places of secret shame, our little, little dark caverns, the little hallways of our heart. Mm. And I'm picturing the light of Christ, almost like a, this bright lantern being, being brought deep, deeper and deeper into those caverns. Mm -hmm. And those, those small, terrified, quivering parts of ourselves are we, have we experienced what it's like when the light of Christ bathes over those, those places? Uh, because when we do, I'm convinced what we find is grace. What we find is forgiveness. What we find is, is love and it's hard to know what the love of Christ is like until we have let that happen. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I do. It, yeah. I do. I can, I can speak specifically about times when the light of Christ shone into the dark cavern of my heart that held shame. Yeah. I, I know what that felt like and I will celebrate that for the rest of my life when that light came and flooded that dark corner of my heart. But now a few mm. years later, it's pain. Mm. or it's anger. Mm. And am mm. I, have I let the light of Christ wash over those areas sure. too? Yeah. I feel like this, this isn't a one-time thing. Have you experienced the light of right. Christ? Right. Are you experiencing the light of Christ? And where else do you still yet need to experience the yeah. light of Christ? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, I, I, the, the image of light is so, there's so many different facets to it, but one of the beautiful things about just I mean, our world is that the sun as the source of light, it, it, it has a, a purifying uh, effect, right? If you were to there, I have, I found one time a, uh, uh, a old toothbrush, you know, a little travel carrier that had just been in a dark bag for a long time. And when I looked at it, when I brought it out, I realized there were like, there was like some kind of black stuff growing all over it because it was in the dark. But if you put that all out in the sunlight, it would, it would kill all that and mm -hmm. it would dry up because it has a purifying effect. It also has a life-giving effect because it shines and mm -hmm. things can grow because the light is shining on them. And it has a, it has a warming effect. It brings cold things back to warmth and, and fluidity. Mm. And so I, there's so many different beautiful like metaphors for light. And uh, I just think it's, it's fundamental to the human experience. And it makes sense why John would use that as a metaphor yeah. to describe Christ's presence and love and all of it. And to take that even a step further, I know one thing that I've struggled with in being vulnerable with Christ and specifically vulnerable with other people about the things in which I need healed from or my burdens mm -hmm. is that I often assume that the pure God version of me will be um, embarrassed and it, itself is trembling, but that's not true. It's the darkness within me that's trembling. Mm. And so like use your toothbrush analogy yeah. there, the toothbrush isn't offended by the light. It's grateful for the light. Yeah. It's only the, the mold, the, the mold yeah. and, and <laughs> the things that's not supposed to be, the, it's the, it's the things that grow in darkness that tremble. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. To think of the song that we ended with yes. on Sunday. It's when Jesus comes, it's not us that's trembling. It's all the things that are the impurities in our lives mm. that are trembling. And I know that it's so hard often to go into that space of, into the light to be healed when we allow the voice of trembling to be louder than the voice of freedom that's within us. Mm. And I, I think about John chapter eight, where it says, talks about being set free. Yeah. Well, it's, it's we that are set free. We have the ability to be set free from all the other things that are actually trembling. And I, I know I can sit there so heavy, walk away angry, mm -hmm. or th some of those things resurface because I have allowed or, or allowed or didn't truly let Jesus penetrate mm -hmm. to the deepest caverns of my life mm -hmm. because I'm assuming my toothbrush is going to be offended by the light. Yeah. And it's not at all. <laughs> yeah. Barry, you said, if Christ can shine into my darkness, he can shine into yours. Mm -hmm. And if there's one sentence that I will take away from this message, it's that. And if there's one sentence I was hoping that our young people in the room, really everyone in the room would take away, it's that if Christ can shine into my darkness, yeah, he can shine into yours and I want you to experience that. I want you to experience life, mm -hmm. a confidence in who God says you are 
that shapes you for a lifetime. My son was sitting in the front row. Mm. Actually, maybe not at that point. We were probably getting ready to play that last song. (laughs) But a confidence in who God says you are that shapes you for a lifetime. Mm. I have been shaped for a lifetime Mm. because of the light of Christ. Mm. And I wanted that for every student in that room, for every person in that room. And we did, we closed with the song, Tremble, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. You silence fear. Your name is a light that the shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. And I was overwhelmed with emotion, singing this over our students, Mm. wanting Mm. so desperately for them to take the words of this song and the words of John chapter one. I want them to carry this into their lives Yes, and have it as uh, a benchmark or an anchor when they experience pain and shame or anger or any darkness at all. Um, that if Christ can shine into my, my darkness, he can shine into theirs. I was also convicted looking out over these students as one of their pastors. I am going to have to be vulnerable with my story mm-hmm. and what God has brought me through so right. that they can see genuinely what mm. this looks like played right. out in the life of someone they know. Mm-hmm. I feel like- And someone who they think is- I don't know if perfect is the right word, but they assume. <laughs> they certainly don't think that. <laughs> they, no, but they certainly think that we are unattainable. Right. We've they, got they, it all together. Yeah, they think that yeah. we've got this figured out. And it's like, your faith is so strong. And it's like, if you only knew, mm. and and not only knew that we struggle with, but also if you only knew what God delivered us from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that vulnerability is, oh, it's not about me when you get vulnerable, I guess. Yeah. But the other thing is about vulnerability as an adult is it, it levels a playing field of hope because they feel hopeless because they feel like we have some, they don't, but they don't realize that we've once felt the exact same way. Yeah. And it just ushers in that. What I've learned from student ministries is it ushers in a team player mode mm. that happens with healing. And we assume like I have to go through my own individual healing space. And it's like, no, you don't. And I love that being willing to, invite them into your story or invite mm-hmm. them into your story. However you want to look at it either way is, well, that is literally what Jesus did every single time. Yeah. What I love about the gospel of John is that Jesus enters in so empathetically mm. to like, think about John four yeah. and he had the woman of the well, the empathy in which he entered that space. That was some of the most radical mm. stories that you could ever read. Yeah. And it's, Jesus just meeting them there. And I think we aren't Jesus who comes with perfection, but we're coming empathetically with our own story, not of brokenness, but of hope. Right. Because there's, we've been ushered into the light. We've received the light before and we know what healing looks like. And we know what hope feels like. I still need a lot more of it, but and that, that's the story. That is the light of Jesus shining through me, leaking out of me. When I think of that, does the light of Jesus shine in you? When people look at you, do they see Christ? I think, okay, I need to smile more. Right. You know, (laughs) or I I just need to be more gracious when I'm out in public, but no, the light of Christ shining through me can be that very thing of being gritty and honest Mm. and real with the the hope and the redemption that I have found when yeah. the light came flooding in to those Amen. dark areas of shame. That's right. Apostle or, Paul through and through. Yeah, really it is. And, and or he never smiled. When, he couldn't. How could he have? <laughs> I mean, if he was, let's be real, that's not a normal human response when you're in the prison and you're writing a story of hope. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of that idea of like shining, like Christ shining through you is like when I, I talk about the light of Christ illuminating our places of secret shame. There are those moments when someone will bring, or even just tentatively bring some of their shame into the light and how we respond to that. If we respond to it with grace, they are seeing Christ through us. And the only reason we could do that is because we have done that and experienced the grace of Christ ourselves. So it's this beautiful image of, of as we are illuminated, we are illuminating others and it's, we're drawing others to each other. And regarding like telling our stories, like you said, Marin, sharing our own, stories of, of brokenness and grace and all that. I'm convinced that now more than ever, the idea of, of, uh, trying to convince people or like argue people into faith is just, it's not never going to happen. What happens is when Mm -hmm. you, when you show people what's possible, Mm -hmm. I can live free of shame. I can live free of sin. I can live free of the things that have, have 
held me down. It's possible because of him, because of Christ. And like, that is different than saying, let me give you the top 10 arguments for why you have to believe blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm just going to live something. You will not be able to deny it because you will see it with your own two eyes. Life change is hard to deny. That's right. That's Mm. right. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited. This is, you you set us up for a provocative 12 weeks. (laughs) Yes, you have. Yeah. And we'll have to make a choice. Uh, what, what side are we on? You asked us to, that you, you, you suggested that John wants his readers to pick a side. Mm. So this is going to be an exciting 12 weeks. So Marin, I'm going to ask you, where are we going next? (laughs) Because you're preaching this weekend, right? Y'all, we're going to a wedding. (laughs) I love weddings. (laughs) We're going to the wedding at Cana. Uh, We're actually, spoiler alert, uh, Jesus performs his first uh, public miracle, beginning his public ministry. uh, And John says this is where Jesus first reveals his glory. Hey, that sounds familiar. Yeah. (laughs) Sure does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, But until then... I'm going to thank Jeremy for being here and then yeah. I'm going to send us out. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay. This is this. I feel like we've gotten a good handle on the rest of the podcast. Like yeah. God. I can yeah. do the sound effects. We're great. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to signing off of this thing, we're still without it out. Tyler, it is wonky yeah. every single time. Awkward silence. So Jeremy, thank <laughs> you for being here. Yeah, thank <laughs> you so thanks much. for inviting me. You guys. have been a wonderful guest on this podcast, especially first time being here. And thank you again for everything that you do for our kids and our students. Of course. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. All right, guys, here we go. Scrolling back and doing this. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. Come on back, Tyler. We're ready. (laughs) 